Hello, welcome to Word Today. I am your host, Johnny Griffin, and this is my beautiful co-host. Porsche Franklin. And uh, Porsche. Yeah. Did you know John Gray bought his wife a $200,000 Lamborghini for their anniversary? Mm, I want a $200,000 Lamborghini. Yep, shouldn't have brought that up. All right, so you see we're going to be talking about the mm-hmm. prosperity gospel today on Word Today. Today, I'm your host, Johnny Griffin, and this is Yeah, yeah, Ben White, Porsche Franklin. Now, regardless how you feel about the prosperity gospel, people have like two sides on it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the people that are all about the prosperity gospel. Then there's people that are... Uh, not so much for the prosperity gospel. I see that that cheese-eating grin you got there. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the prosperity gospel. We've actually this is actually our third time shooting this video. Yes, I was hoping you didn't say that because I was. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it is. So this is our third time shooting the video. First one we felt like the Lord just stopped us and says it's not the time. Second time the audio came out like totally jacked up yeah so the prosperity gospel hadn't been prosperous thus far <laughs> so uh this is the third mm. time's a charm as they say so and we believe that that the god has it as this is the time that right. it should come out so the prosperity what is the prosperity gospel you want to read this one okay she's telling me before we start shooting she's like that's all the slides i have i was like okay <laughs> so we get bowler Okay. Kate Bowler's recent book, Blessed, traces the history of the prosperity gospel in America. Bowler explains that the prosperity gospel movement rose out of the New Thought movement of the late 19th and early 20th centuries. New Thought's central thesis is that there is hidden power within everyone that is meant to be unlocked through positive thinking. According to Bowler, people shape their own worlds by their thinking, just as God had created the world using thought. Positive thoughts yield yielded positive circumstances and negative thoughts yielded negative situations. In the years following World War II, the resurgence of prosperity Mm -hmm. in the United States encouraged some evangelists to seek miraculous healings and supernatural financial blessings. Apparent successes were heralded Mm-hmm. As evidence of the truth that their version of the gospel, of their version of the gospel, failures could be blamed on a lack of faith in those seeking the miracles. The key to gaining supernatural healing and wealth was consistent positive thinking. The prosperity gospel can be defined by many characteristics, but three basic ones are faith, wealth, and health. Faith, wealth, and health. So, going back then, it was like, you know, you don't have a car. But it's like, I'm a coal miner. I only make 15 cents a day. Well, you need better faith. You know, like, something's wrong with your faith. You needed faith for it to make 20 cents a day and not get black lung from the coal mines. <laughs> that, was the, that was the mindset. So you wonder, like, you know, how much of that mindset is God breathe and how much of it is taking taken out of context so yeah. that's kind of what we want to dive in here yeah. um 
with the prosperity gospel. So where mm-hmm. it comes from, what it's intended to do. Poche, take it away. <laughs> but- Wow. <laughs> Poche, take it away. <laughs> Say it. Poche, take it away. Thank you. It intends to stretch your faith, push you into wealth and success via your faith. It's often based on scriptures like Luke 6 and 38, the New Living Translation, Seed Faith. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaking together and make room for more running over and pouring into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So this is uh, kind of one of the roots of the prosperity gospel. And they call it the prosperity gospel. So I guess we we, kind of, I know Kay Bala had a definition, but just to kind of dig deeper, to digress for a split second, to dig deeper. So the gospel literally means the good news, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And some people think part of the good news goes beyond just salvation into prosperity. Um, So that's... You know, and all all churches probably teach prosperity or blessing to an extent. So this isn't, you know, have faith and God will bless your family or some of the promises of other promises of the gospel. This is a church that would primarily focus Sunday after Sunday after Sunday on being blessed because you're a Christian or being blessed because you sow a seed and that seed blesses you. Um, As in you give the church a hundred bucks and that hundred bucks is not gonna be a hundred thousand bucks over the course of say 10 years or become a thousand bucks. So, you know, they call that seed faith. So the prosperity gospel is not just a normal church teaching blessing, but it will be a church that it's, you know, fundamental doctrine is based around being blessed. Um, and there are several churches that have been accused of this across America. I won't go into any specific details um, uh, as far as naming names. You know, if you've watched Word Today for any length of time, we always believe that there's enough devils out there to fight without, without bashing other Christians um, and them, you know, and their efforts to win people to Jesus Christ. So once we bash all the devils, we can start criticizing a lot of the Christians, right? Um, but the prosperity gospel. So that's kind of where we're going. Churches and pastors that preach, you know, you're going to be blessed. And this is the crux or the cornerstone of their average Sunday morning message. Um, and this is one of the places where they get it from. <clears throat> and Luke 638, where they get seed faith um, and plant the seed and God will bless you even more prosperously from that. So some additional scriptures. Deuteronomy. Porsche, hold on, wait, is the phone going? Ah, Oh, I'm sorry. Go. Cool. Okay. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 28. <laughs> if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all of his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above, set high above mm-hmm. all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offsprings of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be blessed. Okay. 
<clears throat> Ever since your phone rang now, I'm just smiling ear to ear. It is so funny yes, to me. This you is hilarious. Are. She wants me to cut out the phone ringing part. He and is I'm, going I'm, to. I might cut out like a part of it, but there's a whole section of it, but you'll you'll get a piece of it. You can cut this part out too, I guess. So additional additional scriptures. Jesus. For Deuteronomy twenty-eight. Um we're 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 blessed and with laughter. That's part of our prosperity. Yes. But uh Deuteronomy twenty-eight. I've actually taught on this before, so there's another scripture that just talks about blessing. So this is another place for those that are pro the prosperity gospel gets it from. So it says your towns and your fields will be blessed. Um, that means the place where you live, your cities will be blessed. Your crops will be blessed and crops at this point, your children and your crops, that is your family and your finances. That's how they made money. Your offspring of your herds will be blessed and your flocks will be blessed. That means your next generation of finances will be blessed. It means you have an increase of blessing. Your fruit basket and breadboards will be blessed. That means your storage will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. You, you know, you're coming in and going out, right? So, and that is literally what the scripture is talking about. However, Deuteronomy 28 kind of... Um, you have to read all of it because there is a uh, a clause in it. You know, it says basically if you follow what the Lord says, you'll be blessed. And there's another flip side that says if you don't, you'll be cursed. So it's saying, mm -hmm. hey, so there is you can't really teach this part without teaching the other part. Yeah. So a disclaimer that I have actually taught from the pulpit this exact scripture uh, on blessing. Um, but I think I would call it a far cry uh, from a prosperity gospel, um, even though the scripture itself, and it is the word of God, talks about prosperity. Yeah. And just to piggyback, I was just about to say, even if you do not, hold on, even if you did not read the other part, the beginning of this clearly says, if you fully obey the Lord, your God. So that doesn't mean if you do what you want to do and you sow a seed, you still get blessed. No, if you fully obey the Lord your God, clearly, and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today. So it's almost like you got to put in some work <laughs> to get that blessing. And from both of these, it's depending on God and not necessarily that seed to give you your blessings. When you give the seed, you're depending on God to give you the rewards and the blessings, not depending on that seed to be what gets you those blessings. Okay, good, well, very well said. And I agree too. Um, it doesn't matter if you plant a $500 seed if you're the wickedest person on the planet. Um, so scriptures against, that's a good segue for scriptures against. So this is scriptures, those scriptures for the prosperity gospel. These are some scriptures against the prosperity gospel. Romans 5, 3 and 4 says this. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. So that kind of counteracts the prosperity gospel where, you know, we're not necessarily suffering. We're not really having to endure because we're just blessed and so prosperous. Mm -hmm. 
James 1, 2 through 4, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And like Romans is saying, the suffering completes and perfects us. Second um, Timothy 4, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. This seemed like a, I mean, I don't know how more of an explicit warning this could be. He says that there is a, people will no longer listen to sound doctrine, chase after what they want to hear. I'll be blessed. You're okay. You're fine. Mm -hmm. I can do what I want and still get the blessing. Yeah, I can do what I want and still get the blessing. You know, touch three people and you'll get a Cadillac. You know, turn around two times and you'll get everything back. You know, all all, all of those, you know, kind of gimmicky saying and and not knocking anybody that's ever said that. But um, 2 Timothy 4 kind of of says, be careful. If the preacher is always telling you what you want to hear, then you you may want to find a different yeah. preacher because this one clearly says, don't be afraid of suffering. Yeah. I've always heard you, there should be some type of conviction that you feel after hearing a sermon. Um, sometimes it is about the blessings and sometimes that's something you may need to hear. Some people, somebody may be giving up hope and you need to hear that the blessings are coming. But if you never have felt conviction from a sermon that's been given to you, then that's a problem. It just is. And I have a question. Mm-hmm. So in saying be prepared, whether the time is favorable, favorable or not. In other words, it could be a season of blessings or a season of sufferings, but we need to be prepared. Correct. Okay. No, that's a great question. Uh, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God, second Timothy four, Uh, of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. He's like, I'm urging you, preach the word of God. Go Mm -hmm. preach the gospels. He says, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Have you ever said, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that, but right now is not the time for it? You know, or I'm too busy. I'm too busy to go volunteer downtown. You know how much I got going on right now. Or I want to help the neighbor, but this is not a good time. My family's struggling as well. You know, and it's he's saying, listen, whether the time is good and you have enough to feed 500 people or the time is bad and you're badly feeding yourself, feed, help split that bread and help feed someone else because there's someone doing worse than you. Whether you have a lot of money and you can afford to give money, spread it everywhere, or whether your light's about to get cut off. If you have 50 cents, give a quarter to the homeless guy. He's saying whether your time is favorable or not, preach the gospel, live the gospel, be the gospel. Um, there's another scripture that says, be ready, be be prepared in season, out of season. Mm-hmm. Whether your time is favorable or not, whether it's in season or out of season, preach the gospel 
patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage. Just be ready. Because um, what's that? What's that saying that there's a uh, you'll don't wait for the perfect time to have a baby because there's no perfect time to have a baby. Um, you know, you're always busy. You're always, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm just waiting on the perfect time. They say just have them. There's really no such thing as a perfect time. Now, I don't know how true that is. Some people are like, oh, this is the perfect time. But I know in a lot of things in my life. If I waited for what I would consider the ideal time, ideal time to go back to school, ideal time to change careers, the ideal time, like mm-hmm. that ideal time is a chasing after the wind, another scripture, like it's, it really doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So whether the time is favorable or not, do it. Help yeah. someone, love someone, give to someone. I say we should be on God's timing anyway, right? That's it. All right. So why do people love the prosperity gospel. Porsche. All right. <laughs> it gives hope. I'm giving you all of the slides <laughs> now. See, I <laughs> see. I asked for like maybe one or two more, but it's cool. Uh, <laughs> it gives hope. Mm-hmm. It makes them feel good. Okay. It makes them feel like they are in control of their future and not God. They can, in essence, stir God via their faith. So that's a good, so it gives hope. The prosperity does give hope. And and like you said, I think you you nailed it earlier, Porsche, when you said, hey, sometimes people are broken and they're hopeless. That's what makes the gospel the good news. Mm -hmm. If you're broken, if you're hopeless, if you feel like I'm at the end of my rope, and someone's telling you, hey, God has blessings for you. God has, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a more favorable time yeah. is coming. Or, you know, you've, if you're unsaved and you've been living a life of sin and you feel like God can't forgive me. Yes, he does. It's that good news that you hear. He will forgive you. He, he's going to forgive you. You know, he got you. He has mercy and grace for you. Sometimes you need to hear that. Mm-hmm. And, go, you know, and with the prosperity gospel, maybe your lights are off and he's saying, Hey, you, you know, your lights won't always be off. You're going to walk into a season of abundance. You're going to walk mm-hmm. into a season of plenty. So for you, that might be the the words you need to hear and the message that God is giving yeah. you. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes, and, and there's plenty of people that can vouch for this, that there's been times where I've sowed a seed of faith. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm giving the last I have. And blessings have come from that. So it's not in essence that we're saying the prosperity gospel is bad and it shouldn't happen. We're just saying it needs to be a balance of teaching done with it. You know, bring that and also have the conviction. Just we always try to bring a vast understanding of the word and make sure that you are well well rounded. Well well rounded. Yes, and thinking about the word and the scripture. In Texas, we're all normally well rounded. The tacos. Well, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it makes them feel like they are in control of their future and not God. They can in essence steer God via their faith. So this is this is a big one. Um yeah. the prosperity gospel kind of makes you feel like you're in control and you don't really need like God isn't steering the ship, you're steering the ship and you're you can manipulate God's favor. So for example, with a seed offering. And say, hey, I'm going to just sow an extra 300 bucks and God is going to give me 3,000 bucks. And I've sowed seed of faith, um, seeds of faith. Porsche have sowed seeds of faith. 
Um, and we've both been remarkably blessed by him. I've sowed seeds and gotten new jobs and raises and mm-hmm. God has just been remarkably good. Um, but I think it's also, you have to make sure you're sowing in good ground, make sure your, yeah. your church is literally a place where outreach happens, where the hungry are being fed, prisons are being visited, the broken are being healed and love and see that transformation of people. That way, you know, you're sowing in good ground. And Jesus gave the parable of, you know, sowing on rocky ground and then sowing on fertile ground. Um, so I think even with that, you want to make sure you're sowing in good ground and making sure that um, your leadership is truly seeking God's face and not just trying to tell you what your itchy ears want to hear or something where they're just trying to get your money. Yeah, and sometimes you can't just throw money at everything. Very sometimes true. Uh, you may be going through something because God really needs you to see something. And you giving that seed of faith is good and dandy, but you still ain't learned your lesson. Uh, so, and yeah. sometimes you just, until you learn that lesson, you ain't getting that blessing. Prime it again. Come on. I've been doing that good lately. Until you, you learn that lesson, <laughs> you ain't getting that blessing. <laughs> But there's something uh, from the Cape Bowler slide uh, Mm -hmm. when it said positive thinking yields positive outcomes and negative thinking yields negative situations. Um, And it was talking about how we feel like we're in control and not God. And again, along with the uh, learning your lesson, sometimes you know, you can be treating people a certain type of way and you not think that you're doing anything wrong. You're positively thinking you're doing everything right and you're not. And so sometimes that positive thinking can get you caught up and in, in you really need to do some self-reflection. So again, it's just being careful and that's where you should be in alignment with God because God is going to make sure you are self-checking yourself every day that you're repenting every day. He's going to bring that conviction and that discernment. So if that's not happening, then that's a problem again. Very good. So why people criticize it? Um, Because it bypasses scriptures about suffering. We talked about some of the scriptures about suffering in a well-balanced church. You'll know about the blessings of God and you'll know about the, the, about the suffering of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I've so two quick stories. Um, one is I was at work and I was talking to the husband of one of the administrators and he told me about the church and he told me how they switched churches because they didn't want to go to that church anymore because it just they talked about like stuff that would make you depressed or down like you know sin <laughs> you know and like who wants to go to a church where you hear about sin i want to go to a church where i always feel good so that's the itchy ears right you know it wasn't like you know he's telling everybody you're all going to hell he's just literally talking about sin and changing your life but you know this guy didn't want didn't want that well, you know so. what? Some people also, it's almost like a flip side because some people preach in words of like condemning you. Like it's just, Hellfire, you don't do this, you're going to hell. And you don't do this, you're like, it's just like you feel attacked more so than trying to be taught. So it's almost like the flip side of the prosperity gospel. Again, we're just that well balanced, a little bit of both, not too much each. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think Jesus taught on hell and gnashing of teeth, right? I think Jesus spoke yeah. on hell 
like five, six, seven times. Like right? again, some people need to hear that at certain mm-hmm. moments of their life. Some people, you know, maybe mm-hmm. people that it takes hitting that wall to get something needs to hear that. Mm-hmm. That was something that kept me in line as a child when I heard about revelations. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was revelation got me in line quick. I was like, All right. <laughs> So, yeah, so he taught on the uh, on hell, but he also taught, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, blessed are the meek and, you know, um, all of the, the Beatitudes mm-hmm. and all the, the blesseds. So uh, definitely fair and balanced. So one reason it's criticized because people they bypass the scriptures about suffering. Yes, I guess story. Um, oh, the second story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So the other story, thank you, Portia, right? You're welcome. Um, was the other extreme. So one extreme was the guy was like, oh, I don't want my family going there. It's depressing. As we mentioned and talk about sin, like we need to hear sin because we're sinful. We're only saved by grace. You don't need a savior if you don't think you're doing anything wrong to be saved from. Mm-hmm. So the other one was I had to counsel a good friend of mine at the time because she was going through depression because she went to church. We actually went to the same church. She heard a lot about blessing. You know, she, well, I'm sure she watched people's Facebook page and people taking snapshots of their bacon um, and their meals and their vacations. And you feel like everyone else is blessed, but I'm not just super blessed. So I must be wrong. I'm not super blessed and, you know, nice car, big house, and I'm, you know, paying my tithes and offerings and I'm sowing seeds or whatever her case may have been. I don't know if she was paying tithes and offering, but mm-hmm. she just felt like she was going to church. Everybody was talking, you know, she heard a lot about blessing from the pulpit. And we did. We did hear a lot about blessing from from our church. Um, and she felt like she didn't live the Instagram perfect photo life. Mm-hmm. And she went into a depression because she felt like, she must have been failing God or she'd been failing in her Christianity. Um, and I had to, you know, we had to have a serious discussion about this. So um, when that kind of is a down, mm-hmm. downfall of a prosperity gospel church, those that feel that they aren't living that Instagram perfect photo life um, can easily slip in depression or think that yeah. their faith is off target. And for those people, You'd have to see it, you know, just ask yourself the question is, was Jesus's faith off target because he was beaten, spit on and murdered? Um, not sure. Now, we prospered from it. Yeah. So his so that's really the true prosperity gospel. The cross. We prospered from that. Yep. We are alive today and saved today because he didn't live prosperous but he died so that we could live prosperous and that prosperity be the fact that when we close our eyes for the final time, we don't go to hell. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely say that what she went through is part of my testimony. Mine being, he had me, I want to say coming out of a season right now of not letting materials um, define my success in life, which again, if I did go to a church that preached just prosperity gospel, just the blessings and blessings, if you do this, the blessings, it more than likely would have, it could have steered me into the way of getting depressed or, or feeling like I'm worthless or feeling like I'm not doing something right. But again, it goes to that lesson in the blessing. 
I had to learn my lesson in the season God had for me. And if it wasn't for that close relationship I have with God to hear him, then I would have still been lost and not close to my blessing at all. <laughs> but uh, he steered me right as always. So I'm grateful for that. All right. So another reason people criticize because people should come to God for salvation and revelation and not for money. So another reason people criticize the prosperity gospel is, you know, are people coming to Jesus to get their sins washed away or they're coming to Jesus so they can get the Cadillac and never hurt again Mm -hmm. and, you know, have all of the beautiful, Mm -hmm. wonderful things in life. So it's, you know, you coming to Jesus because you're a sinner and you realize that you need the salvation that Jesus died for on the cross. Are you coming to Jesus because someone says, hey, you know, hey, come to Jesus and you'll be blessed and you'll be the head, not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath, you know, and for all of these things that may have been promised um, by a believer or someone when they uh, told you about Jesus. So and I think that's a, a valid concern. If you look at Jesus as the Lord and Savior, you're life is changed. You look at Jesus as Santa Claus. I don't know if Santa Claus has ever changed anyone's life. I don't know if everyone ever got a gift and just felt mm-hmm. like, oh man, my life has truly changed because I got this say everybody guitar. Got what they wanted. Yeah. So that's a crit- criticism. And uh, the final criticism, or the, mm-hmm. at least the last one we have on the slide is because Christians may feel defeated if God doesn't bless them with prosperity. And we talked about that with my friend. Mm-hmm. So, um, one more paints an unrealistic picture of Christianity. Okay. So, um, I think we touched on this in a church hurt video, but people find that when they come or some people think that when you come to Christianity, it's all hunky dory, sweet rainbows. Yeah. And it's not. And, and if you go and if you come in on the uh, the prosperity gospel, you can think that, oh, as long as I'm doing this, this, and this, and everything's right, um, I'm going to get my blessings. Everything's going to be good. And that's not the case. Sometimes you can be doing everything right and still be going through some storms and some hell and all that. Absolutely. Um, and again, it's just uh, getting aligned with God. Sometimes he has you go through things and it be meant for somebody else. Like it's it's so much depth to go with the word and with God. And it's it's really awesome and amazing when you get into it. But again, it just paints an unrealistic picture um, of Christianity. It's not all about just the blessings. It's some suffering that has to go along like we've been talking about. Yeah. And I think I said that with, um, yeah. I kind of tied that in with my friend. I'm talking about her you know, going into the depression and not feeling like she had this picture perfect lifestyle, you know, it can definitely prosperity gospel can definitely paint you into a corner where you okay. feel if you're not blessed, then um, you're, you're doing something wrong or you're not in line with the will of God or what Christ has for you. So, mm-hmm. so the effects that, that it has on the church, the pros, mm-hmm. that'd be you. Okay. Energizes the people. Gives hope again. And some of the cons? 
can discourage those not receiving healing and prosperity, removes personal responsibility for health and good financial decisions, disregards God's will. What if God wants you to live poor and sacrifice for the church? So some pros, it energizes the church, gives hope, gets people excited, gets people motivated. Mm -hmm. You know, who doesn't want to hear that if you touch three people, you get the Cadillac, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The cons is it can discourage people that, you know, stage four cancer, you sowed a thousand dollars seed and you still have stage four cancer. Um, That that kind of like, how do you take that? Mm -hmm. Like I sowed my seed. Where's my prosperity? Where's my blessing of healing? Where's my, you know, why is my life all flowery? And and we can, you know, remove God's will, right? Trying to control the outcome of things. You know, what if God wants us, maybe if, you know, that's our God's plan for our lives for us to pass away at this time. Or what if it's God's plan for our lives for us not to have a five uh, room, five bedroom house with two and a half baths and, you know, 13 acres in the back with some horses on them. You know, mm-hmm. what if he's called us to missionary work to work in a third world country, helping with, you know, some disease that's running rampant, mm-hmm. you know, the prosperity gospel when it's preached, not as part of the entire gospel, but it's pulled out and isolated as the gospel is just this small part, of part which is prosperity. Um, can definitely, um, you know, as Porsche was mentioning earlier, paint an unrealistic picture because once again, Christ was spit on, tortured, then murdered. Um, So if you just look at it through that lens, you realize that suffering is just as much a part of Christianity as being blessed and being the head and not the tail and being mm-hmm. above and not beneath and, and then it also um okay. it makes you blame god for stuff that man did it, it it gives you this view of god as um him being a certain type of way when he's not at all you know you again getting high hopes painting an unrealistic picture and sometimes people are so high for god everything's good and then something happened and they start to look at God differently. Like, you know, well, you're not the God I hear about, or you're not the God that has been, you know, do what you said you're going like, it's just hatred starts to go to God. So many times, so many movies, you know, you see somebody's family member die and they just go totally against God. They hate God. And life. most of the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the times people that hate God or are atheists, once loved God, something happened, someone they love dear to heart died and they just hate him, you know, and through transformation, they come back to him through a miracle or something happens to bring them back to Christ. But it's just, it was those high expectations or that, um, that view that was distraught that kind of caused it in the first place. Somebody told you something that really wasn't true. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, we saw Let There Be Light the other day, and that was the storyline for Let There Be Light. Um, so, you know. I love that movie. <laughs> it was a good movie. But regardless of, you know, outside forces or non believers, what it does to believers um, and is not that great. And not saying that God won't bless you, God will bless mm-hmm. you. Matter of fact, 
one of the blessings in the Bible is finances. Mm -hmm. He says he blesses people with money so that they can be a blessing to the church, right? So one of the gifts literally is money. God chooses people to bless abundantly with money. There's some billionaires now that reverse tithe. They're giving 90% of their money away, living off 10. We're talking about billions of dollars to third world countries or to second or first world countries or to programs to help hungry or school uh, funds to buy books. And so one of the bl blessings and gifts that God does gives is financing. So being prosperous isn't a sin. Having money is not a sin. Um, buying your wife a $200,000 car mm -hmm. is not a sin. Buying your wife a million dollar car, living in a big mansion is not a sin. If you're paying your tithes, giving your offering, loving God, loving people, being rich or wealthy is not sinful. The Bible even talks about blessing certain people with wealth to be able to mm -hmm. be a blessing to the church. So by no means is being prosperous a sin. Um, however, preaching a prosperity gospel outside of the context of the full gospel and suffering um, definitely paints an unrealistic picture um, of what the gospel truly is. And um, Any final words, Ms. Porsche Denise? And uh, one final one with the personal responsibility of health and good finances. Just touching on that again, like we said earlier, Sometimes when you feel like if I just give this, then I'm good, you are not going to take the steps needed for you to grow. You know, sometimes yeah, good. you need to go through some things to build that character, build that, um, build you as who God needs you to be. Sometimes you have to go through suffering to get stronger, you know? So if you're not suffering and you're not growing, then you're just stagnant and you just are here, you know? so. Maybe, you know, you giving money away and, and, and you're not knowing how to spend your money. Like you're not giving tithing, you know, that's. I'm Johnny Griffin. <laughs> and this is. Porsche Franklin. <laughs> make sure to like. Subscribe, comment, love, share. Please comment. We love you all. We love your comments. Fam. Questions, topics. Uh, yeah, what you topics. feel about it, uh, scriptures that you found that goes along with what we said, um, anything, hit us up. Peace.